Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jonathan Cunningham. And my name is Kwaku Arkaful. And we are excited to have Mr. <laughs> Russell Grammer with us. He's still working on uh, sharing everything. And <laughs> I think I got it going. Yeah. Uh, awesome. You know, it, it, it's funny because a lot of times people don't know what to expect whenever they, whenever they uh, come on with us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't know what to expect either. <laughs> we, just, we just go straight to it. Well, that's the deal with live, right? right, right. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, right. I, I know. And, and th that was one of the things that we really experienced. Um, you know, it's like you want to talk about like crashing and burning. Yeah. I mean, like we've had five whole minutes of no audio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And which goes real well whenever people are trying to watch you and listen to you yeah. and all that. And then we're just sitting there and it's just like this. So let us know if you can hear us. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you well, can't hear us, you probably wouldn't know either. So. Right. They're like, uh, is, he, is he talking right. or are they not talking? And, and and the other thing is, so there's like a 10-second delay. So even if we start talking, they won't know for 10 seconds, so we won't know at least for 10 seconds. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But we are super, super, um, you know, blessed to have you with us. We truly believe that it is a blessing for you even to take your time um, you know, to, to be with us. Uh, he just checked the audio. Good. <laughs> uh, so because, you know, for us, we do believe that time is valuable, yep. but then we, we also believe that kind of that, that worldly standpoint comes, um, at times as far as even the way that we view ourselves. Cause we're like, why would, a, you know, you come and hang out, you know, with us. Um, and so we, we, we've had those discussions. So, you know, again, we're, we're just real appreciative that you just would take the time to come and hang out. Hey, I'm honored. I'm, I'm just really thankful <clears throat> to be able to share some some good messages, you know, yeah. the way God's impacted my life and the adventures that my wife and I and our family have enjoyed. It's it's good stuff to share. Uh, yeah. So well, I'm and, 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 and <clears throat> I uh, got a little brief bio um, from you last night. And as I was reading it, I was like, we made the right choice. Yeah, we yeah. made the right <laughs> choice. Yes. You know, like, I mean, I, I honestly was excited because one of the things that I really want is um, to bring people that even I don't necessarily know. Um, and because I'm doing this and I know Quake is doing this also, you know, for us to learn. Um, this isn't a, hey, uh, this is the Jonathan and Quake who were experts at everything show. I mean, if it was, we would have had the audio the whole time. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so um, for, for those of you who don't know, he's the co-founder of the Prodigy Leadership Academy. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to take a quick look at um, a video that, they, that they've created. Just stay tuned and, um, well, not stay tuned, but just go ahead and uh, check out. this out. I have a typical day at Prodigy. I probably have to start by saying it's not very typical. We wanted to be able to understand what are the child's unique needs, what are their current abilities, and where can they go from here. That we actually meet that individual right where they are and give them the greatest support that we can. That makes sense. You know, from, from watching that video, um, that really does make sense as far as uh, meeting people where they are. Um, that, that, that's something that I think is talked about but not executed. Um, as far as, oh, yeah, meet them where they are. It's like, well, where are they? Well, I'm actually here, so you guys come here so that I can meet you where you're at as long as you're next to me. And you actually practice what you preach because um, when I first met you, uh -huh. you came to speak um, as Burgard's class. And um, I don't know, it was just like ever since you came in, because a lot of people come in and talk, but when you came in, I was just like, all right, man, what does this guy want? What is he going to talk about? But ever since you started talking about what you do, what you're passionate about, and what God has moved you to do, man, I was just... I was just like, man, who is this guy? I want to work with him. I want to do something because 
you were just making an impact for the kingdom before I even knew that what that impact was or even really what the kingdom was, right? Because I was still living, I was a college student uh, playing football and still, you know, out there doing my thing. But um, it's guys like you that shaped my life where it's like, man, this guy's doing it the right way. He's doing it for the kingdom. Um, he loves what he does. And um, look at what it's transpired into now. But, um, yeah, so do we want to go into questions or? Well, um, first of all, we want to get a little bit of backstory um, as, as far as, you know, who, who you are. Uh, because I, I, I think that that's very important. And um, for me, a lot of people will see you as this. Sam's Club Teacher of the Year, American Legion Teacher of the Year, Southeast Missouri State Young Alumni Merit Award winner, Presidential Award for Excellence in Science Teaching for the State of Missouri. That's that's pretty respectable, <laughs> you know, to, to, to say the least. Um, and so I, I know that may not be something that you wanted to throw out there, but for me, it, it's like, man, you know what, you guys, we're bringing quality guests. So you're definitely going to be able to, um, you know, just really learn something and pick up something. And he's a very strong man of God. But as far as his story I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to start by saying if, if any of my old teachers are watching this, every time I come across my old teachers now, I just have to look them in the eyes, mm. and I have to just beg forgiveness. I say, I'm so sorry. Because I know that when I was a student in school, I didn't take education seriously. I didn't like the idea. I didn't like the way things were set up. Uh, I always felt like I was just stuck behind that desk. And I had a lot of great teachers who worked really hard, but I just, you know, I'm ashamed. I just dismissed it like it didn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, that's an unfortunate thing that I didn't make the most of my opportunities. But then when I was uh, 18, joined the United States Army, I was a M1A1 tank driver. Hmm. And uh, at that time, I have to say that I was so far off track that not only was I rude to my teachers and to my parents and really anyone who was an authority figure, I would just count them off you know but with God at that time if you asked me what I thought about God I would have said I don't believe him and if there is a God I hate him I mean wow. that that was like how how dark I had become but joined the military and then I was over there in the desert in the Persian Gulf War and I was real under life, the, real life. You know, I, was, I was 19 years old and I'm, I'm out here and I'm thinking, you know, the enemies are shooting at mm -hmm. us. I don't know if I'm going to live very long here. Uh, we don't know what kind of enemies we're going to face, <clears throat> but you've been prepared for that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm in that desert and I'm under that night sky one night on guard duty. And I was the only one awake. Right. And I've got my night vision goggles and I'm looking out there across the desert and I'm putting the goggles down. And I'm, I'm looking up at that big sky. Mm. And that night, that night I started asking inside of me as I'm looking at those stars, I'm thinking there must, there has to be more mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. nothing about my life is counted for anything. And I'm looking at that sky thinking, I think there's more. So I just said this really simple prayer, but it was legitimate. It was sincere. And the prayer was so simple. It was like this. I just looked up at the sky and I said, God, if you're real, I just want to know. Mm -hmm. And from that time on, he changed, like he changed me. I transformed. Even before I came back from the desert, I mean, a period of a few months, I was already thinking differently. I was already understanding Jesus actually did walk the earth. Yeah. And, and he actually did intentionally go to the cross to suffer. And he knew what was coming. Yeah. And he didn't have to do it. And when he did that, he was 
he was thinking about me. Yeah. And he actually loves me. And all the messed up things I've done, he's not, he wants to forgive me. Like he actually wants me to know he put me on the earth for a reason. Yeah. He wants me to know he loves me. He's got an amazing plan for me. So I'm telling you, like, I changed so much. And I, I was radical change. You know, I mean, I, I took all my old music I was listening to and broke those things. You know, there were CDs back at that time. But <laughs> I, so I broke that stuff. I, and, and I just said, like, if anything is preventing me from having access to God, if anything is distracting me, I just don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Because he was working inside of me. And by the way, I always said, if being a Christian is about going to church and just listening to a sermon and singing a few songs and then trying to live a good life, if that's what it's about, I'm not in. I mean, I already knew I was too far gone for that. Yeah. That's not going to save you. No. But then when I was reading the Bible, I look in the book of Acts or I would read these stories, Old Testament stories, and I'm seeing like God's powerful and he works miracles. He doesn't mess around. He's actually the one in control. And I remember when I was reading this this stuff, I was thinking, if that's who God is, I mean, if God's the one that's still communicating with people, and if he's still working those miracles, then I want to live for him. Yeah. Like, right. that's that's for me. Yeah. And, and, I, and I have a... I would say, um, as far as the um, night that I had with God was pretty much the same way. Like, I was... In the midst of just trash and um, for, not from a from a worldly standpoint, just from like a sin standpoint, you know, which are not always yeah. the, the same because you can be living a trash life and other people be like, man, I, I wish I, I wish I had that. And it's like and then you're in the middle of it. You're like, no, you don't. You know, um, but yeah, that was the same thing as like God got a hold of me. And then it was just like, all right, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do 100 percent, you know, <clears throat> and I and I walked away from God. excuse me, and I I straight up told him, I was like, I'm out. And then God spoke to me and said, listen, you can come back in a burning pile of ashes or you can come back now and we can, you know, fix this. And and I may may be stubborn, but I'm not stupid, and I was out. And it was just like, now, just knowing that, you know, Christ even cared about me or that now I'm able to speak with guys like you, you know, and guys like Kwaku and stuff like that, man, it's just crazy to me. It's like, who, like, who am I? You know, but but God says, yeah. you know, you you were I called you, and and because of Him, you know, we're called, and because of Him, we're able to do, you know, those type of things. That it's like if if if, if I would ask you five years ago, not five, however long ago, um, back whenever you were on, you know, you know, on that tank, if how long ago was that? Oh man, roughly. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not trying to date <laughs> that you. That was that was like. 24 years okay. ago. Okay, so, so, so if I were to ask 25 you, years ago. you know, 25 years ago, if this is where you'd be. <laughs> He's bringing it up, man. He's hey, bringing it up. You know, <laughs> like, know, how, how, how would you 25 years ago answer? Uh, if you ask me what question, how would I answer? Where if Okay, so say 25 years ago, you're on the tank. Yeah. And I said in 25 years from now, you'll be. This. Oh, no way. way. I wouldn't have imagined that. Right. Impossible. No. Yeah. Completely impossible. Right. Yeah. And and, and like, that is the thing that I love about God. Yeah. Is that it is like the things that seem impossible. And now you you don't struggle being you, right? No. No. He, He actually gives me my best identity. In other words... With him, I am my best self. Yes. And all those other times I was chasing around and trying to figure out who am I, what am I doing, why am I doing it, 
I was just lost. Yeah. But when I when I come to know him and that he loves me and has a plan for my life, everything fits together. Yeah. And this is this peace of mind that comes over and, you. And listen, he's got a sense of humor because <laughs> because I hated school so much. Mm-hmm. And my big goal is I just want to get away from school. And then and what uh, what am I doing now? Yeah. I, I wake up every day, I'm packing my lunch, going to school every day. Like he says, Oh, you don't like school. Well, that's listen to my I plan. I also didn't like Cape Girardeau <laughs> and did not want this to be in my plan, but here I am. He's got know. a plan. Yeah, ha- have a heart for it almost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we're serving the community. Yeah. 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 You're like, hey, guys, I, I hate yeah. you, but I'm totally going to help you. Like, yeah. Like, let's, yeah, like you the know, whole let's do this. Paul switch, you know, but yes. um, that's what he does, you know. And he does. I think that. With men, we're so hard-headed. You know, it takes stuff like that, which which is <laughs> unfortunate. But you know, me basically um, breaking my ankle for me to take time and listen to God because I was so into football that I made football my God when I was in college, mm-hmm. and then that being stripped away, now it's kind of like, all right, well, I have time now. I'm <laughs> on the sideline with a boot on, so I can't play. So that's when um, the guy started coming around me and started telling me about Christ, and um, I gave my life to Christ, but. It sucks that it has to be all of that, but some, some, sometimes it takes that. It does. Um, and I'm happy that he was still, you know, with me in those dark times that we all had. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's who God is. He's just, yeah. he's awesome like that. Yeah. Because um, we think that we're counted out. We count ourselves ourselves out. Yeah. But um, he doesn't. And, so. and isn't it amazing that the very things that we interpret as setbacks mm. or I don't think I can take this anymore, the things that we think we're getting to the end of ourselves— we actually are getting to the end of ourselves. Preach, brother. But Preach. when we get to the end of ourselves, we recognize, oh wow, right? Like, yeah. I'm, like, oh my God, you're you're here with me, yeah. and you're so much bigger than I ever thought. Absolutely, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, and and the, that's the reason why to me it, it, it's so important as Christians to keep that perspective. Yeah, because a lot, it's like, oh man, I'm uh, at the end of my rope with God, and it's like, well, maybe you're at the end of your rope, but God's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you should be seeking him. And then even if, I mean, we all get distracted, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, in this moment, this is whenever you should actually be going towards God. Like all these distractions, you know, clear them all the way and then begin to become, you know, closer to God and seeking after God. And, and I think a lot of times, well, myself, I can't speak for everyone, but I've become comfortable in my relationship mm-hmm. to the point where it's, it's almost like, God, I got this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... Well, no, you don't. Well, yeah, I do. No, you don't. We'll see. Watch this. And then it's like, you know, a week later or four days later, it's like, oh, man, you know what? This is terrible. Like, this is awful. And it's like, you know what? All right. Then you turn to God. And then, I mean, I I believe that that sometimes God, like you were saying, does have a sense of humor because he's just standing there like, come on. Come on, say it. Say it. And it's like, you know what? I understand. You know, you are exactly who you are. say you are, and I'm thankful, and I'm very appreciative of that. I just need to be better at listening. You are correct. And then just, you know, go, go on. And so that, that's the thing that I think is that, that that's important. So for you, as far as <clears throat> your, your timeline, because obviously you didn't hop off the tank into the teacher role. Mm. No, no. I, <laughs> in fact, when, when I received my honorable discharge from the military— I started university at SEMO, and I was thinking I'm going to be an engineer, so I was taking these classes for two years. But I have to go back just one step, because when I was graduating high school, if any of my teachers, wait, if any of my students are watching, I'd like them to (laughs) tune out for just turn it off off for a second. (laughs) But 
I had to go to my teachers and beg them to please give me a D minus instead of an F so I could please graduate. I mean, again, I, I was just checked out so much. And that's like food class. Yeah. You know, going to my advanced food <laughs> class. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So my food teacher, please give me the D minus instead of the F so I can get out of here. But you say, your class doesn't even matter. Give me a D. I know. Just just let me go. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So so anyway, uh, I, I didn't care about learning. I didn't care about studies. So starting university was really like starting from scratch. Mm. And God, again, was there with me. Plus, coming back from a war and entering civilian life, there, there is some stuff called PTSD. Yeah. And you do have to make some big transition in how you think and what you're doing. Um, so there I was, university, you know, and having these experiences. I, I was having panic attacks and stuff mm. sometimes. Um, so, no, it wasn't like I just jumped off the tank, went right into good life, everything's mm. smooth, and now I'm a teacher, whatever. None of that. This is like now I'm trying to actually take learning seriously. I'm trying to quit a lot of habits that were bad habits. And and so I'm taking a new identity in Christ and I'm trying to walk with him. And there was a point I thought I'm like losing my mind. I'm I was having these panic attacks, hard for me to talk to people, this kind of thing. There I was on campus having this stuff. I'm walking along. There are other students all around. It's a nice day. It's pretty outside. None of the people around me knew the turmoil that was happening inside of me. Right. But my biggest fear was honestly, I'm going to lose my mind and it won't come back to me. I mean, I was scared. And I just stopped right there on the campus in front of academic, and I, I just said a prayer. Again, I just looked up, and I said, okay, Lord, you say you love me. I think I'm about to lose it here. But I need you to know that if I do lose it, I'm going to trust you to take care of me. you got to take care of me. And when I, again, when I said this prayer, there was like a release. And I know a lot of people struggle with things these days, depression and anxiety and stress levels that are just crazy on people. But I have to say that in that moment for me, coming from all that difficult stuff that I was going through, when I said that prayer, God, if I lose it, I'm going to have to trust you to take care of me. I, you say you love me. I'm just going to rest in you, man. I need your help. And and that stuff lifted off me. I mean, I didn't, yeah. and, and it, it didn't return. I mean, yeah. he really, he works those kind of miracles inside of us when we can surrender and say, I'm not going to look for these other solutions that aren't legitimate. I'm going to trust you with this my life. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment, he came in. Mm -hmm. So I, two years, I went to university thinking engineer. Then I took a year out and I went to work in inner city, Camden, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was working for an organization there called Urban Promise. First time I ever worked with kids, drug trapping going on every other corner, a very hostile environment, graffiti all over the place that would indicate that this young person lost his life at age 13. I mean, mm -hmm. it was hostile. And even in that place, I saw a high school kid pull a gun out, aiming across the street at another high school kid, broad daylight, cars going up and down this busy road. I was in my room at the house praying, and I heard these people yelling outside the window. And when I went and looked, I see this young man pointing a gun across the street at another guy and saying, I'm going to put you in the ground, and you know, yelling stuff like this. And I'm in that window there just praying like, God, don't let him pull that trigger. Do not let him pull the trigger. And he didn't. Thankfully, he passed it on to somebody else. But, but I want to say that in that moment, coming from a war situation, here I am in my own country, I'm working with children whose parents are, you know, facing a lot of hardship. I mean, this place is surrounded by poverty. And I remember looking at these children thinking, you guys have everything stacked up against you. And then I was working with some of these kids and they had their minds made up. They're going to push on. They're going to do the right thing and nothing's going to hold them back. 
And I, when I was working with those kids, I thought, there is nothing better I can do with my life. I mean, mm. for me to support you is the best thing I can do, best thing I can think of. So in that time working in Camden, seeing a lot of hostility, but also seeing some young people had their minds made up that they're going to push through the hardships and make it. I just thought, man, God, you're calling me to this. You want me to be a teacher. So I came back from Camden, got my education degree, and I've been working as a teacher ever since. And, and, you know, here's something else that happened. God will put things in place just so that he can give me a platform to get the word out to some people and so that he can open my eyes up to a new level of, mm. of challenge and also <clears throat> to a new level of miracle yeah. that he wants to offer. So back in 2004, when I got that award for the state of Missouri, I got to go to the White House, spend a week in D.C., meet the president. I got $10,000. I mean, it was a big award. Yeah. You're like, yeah, okay. I was happy about that. Because, <laughs> you know, teachers, hey. the salary's down here. Right, but right, but right, that right. week, I was like, okay, this You're is like, good. You're like, man, if, yeah. if, if I win this for the next 12 years in a row, <laughs> yeah, I got to pay I'm off good. my mortgage. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> pay off those student loans. Yeah, yeah. Man, this is a sweet deal. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'll say that when I was in D.C., uh, I was collaborating <clears> up with <throat> top teachers from every state. And all, a lot of the teachers are saying the same thing, and that is we're getting this acknowledgement for being good teachers. We're getting these awards, but we feel like we're failing. Yeah. And then we're talking about it. Well, why do we feel like we're failing? Well, one of the reasons is we are delivering a one-size-fits-all approach to children who are facing all different kinds of situations Yeah. and also to children who are unique. They're all different. And the fact that this one over here is in a situation of neglect or abuse or doesn't have exposure and access to good materials, good support. And this one over here has access to all kinds of things. And we're giving them both the exact same learning because of their age. That was one of the deals we recognized. This doesn't seem like it's the right track. Mm -hmm. you know. Another thing is the teachers were saying that there was such an emphasis on testing. Like the teacher from Oregon. She was a dynamic, wonderful lady. I could tell if you were my teacher, I'd love it. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. But she told me, she said, you know what we're doing in our school? And I said, what? She said, scripted teaching. And I said, what is that? She said, every day I get a document and I have to recite verbatim from the document to my students. And then I snap my fingers and they have to give me the appropriate response in unison. And I said, oh, man. If I was one of your students, I would have never given you the right response. <laughs> and she crazy. said, oh, no. She goes, no, they all give me the right response because every time anyone gets any part wrong, I have to repeat myself, snap my fingers until every student gives me the right response. Seems like a disaster. I know when that teacher yeah. said that to me, I said, that is ridiculous. <clears throat> and she said, I know. She said, but we want the children to get the right answers on the test. And this is a way to promote that, that answer in their mind. So regurgitation over learning. It's happening. You know what I mean? It's happening in some places. Now, there are some good things happening in education. And I want, I mean, I have to make it clear to my friends. I am, I am an advocate for our public schools that every child gets that fantastic education. And I have been with teachers, you know, that we work so hard. We're so committed and dedicated. And we're shedding our tears because we're doing our very best for the children. And yet, I think too many teachers do have the hands tied. They are yeah. professionals. They're trained to work yeah. with those children and support them. But instead of being told, hey, teacher, we know that you're trained and you're prepared to support the children. Come in here, study the children, and give them the best you can. Instead of that, too often the teachers are told, 
here's what you have to do for the students. Now take it and deliver it. That's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think when that's happening, we're, we're removing some of that professional culture that our teachers need to be able to practice with freedom. Yeah, and then I always say that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So if you're already coming in with this agenda and I'm this African-American kid who probably didn't get that much sleep the, the night before or um, food <clears throat> in my belly or whatever it is, now I'm just like, you don't care. You're just trying to, you know, use the system or whatever it is and... That's where your school comes in. You know, I've visited PLA and it's just a different atmosphere. It's like really no desk or classroom setting. It's like it's chairs and students are making things and flying things. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they're really, 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 really smart. Um, But you allow them to like just allow them to be on their own type of deal. And it's really awesome the type of accountability that you, you, you put on them because I feel like the younger generation want to be held accountable. They're hungry. And that's what Michael Liss was saying the other day was that yeah. they're hungry and they're looking for challenges. But the thing is that when you just come in with this agenda and this scripted, you know, script and just saying, all right, this is how it's going to go. Then they're like, oh, I've seen this before. I've they heard disconnect. this before. They disconnect. Well, and, and as a teacher, I mean, how much ownership can you really take of anything if right. what you're doing is here? Read this, snap your fingers. It's like, oh gosh, you know, I could only imagine from their standpoint, like, you know how much I care? Zero. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because for the next four hours, I'm going to sit up here and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so, th- so then all of a sudden it becomes like, I mean, almost factory work. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with factory work, but as far as like education wise, as far as teaching somebody, I mean, no, no one's going to say like, how are you, you can't really show someone how much you care if all it is is just the same interaction over and over and over and then, oh, you didn't get it? Okay, great. And mm. I could only imagine because, I mean, you know, anybody who's been in sports, we all know that no one wants to be last. And if you're <laughs> last, you're made fun of, yeah. right? E- even even second to last, third to last, fourth to last, depending upon how big the group is, you right? the slow clap. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden you, you, you get the kid who just doesn't get it or – can't pronounce it correctly or whatever. And now it's like, okay, cool. Now we all know, oh, that kid over there, he's stupid. Yeah. And let me say this. that I know that the, the educators, the administrators, the parents, we all want the best for the children. Yeah. We, we all share that same perspective. But here's the deal. I think that it's like an elevator ride for the children because of the structure of the system. Exactly, yeah. So based on your age, you get off on a certain floor. So (laughs) you're 10 years old, you get off on the fourth floor, fourth grade, let's say, right? The child comes off the elevator, they look around, but here's the deal. We're telling all those children because of their age that they're fourth grade, but when you give them assessments in those various subjects, Mm. what you determine is, actually, this child's second grade in this particular subject. And this child over here is seventh grade in this subject. So then there's something happening in the identity of the children. They're all looking at the authority saying, okay, I'm, I'm fourth grade. But then when they're interacting with the fourth grade material, the teacher is saying, you should be successful with this because it's fourth grade wow. material and you're fourth grade. You're, you're 10, come on. Yeah, but then the, child's, the, the child who's on the fourth floor but actually didn't even <laughs> master the stuff on the last two floors, they're looking around thinking, Oh, another year. I don't. I don't understand any of this stuff. I'm confused, and maybe something's wrong with me. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm. I'm not a learner. And yeah. then you've got the other child on that floor who should actually be two floors up, but right. we're telling them you're fourth grade. Right. And this right. child's sitting here thinking, 
oh man, learning is dull. Right. It's monotonous. It's the same stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So then they, you know, and they're often leaders. They mm-hmm. start messing around just oh, to drawing. try to, yeah, yeah. Just to try to increase the entertainment factor. Yeah. You know? So I, I think it's the structure that's based on the Carnegie unit, which is the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Instead, when we started Prodigy, we said, let's try some. What if we could have learning that fits the child? What if we start with the child instead of with the curriculum? Mm. And and by the way, there are three things, three things that I believe are essential for every child in our country and for every school and for if we want to have our country moving in a good direction. Every child needs to know God, it loves them. Mm-hmm. They are loved. You know, they're not here by accident. Right. And they're not here for just no reason. You know, they're here because they're loved. Number one. Number two, if learning fits the child, and if learning, number three is, if learning supports or empowers a family, it's on the right track. Mm. So if every child knows they're loved, and if learning fits the child, and if learning empowers the family, we're going in a good direction. Man, it's so awesome that you mentioned that because that's what we, like, I wouldn't have been able to relate until now we're walking into the, you know, the public schools and the middle school and junior high, and we see that every day. And it's just a big need that's just like, man, why, why, are, they, why are they disconnecting? Yeah. You know, and sometimes we talk to the students. So, you know, just to share something a little bit. Um, yeah. We have in the junior high about like 75 to 80 students. Yes. And in a total, we came up um, just, just like, hey, how many Fs do we have? You know, just what? Uh, a month ago, right? Yeah. We just want to assess how many Fs we had. We had 69 to 70 Fs between all those students, right? And then we were like, we looked at them like, wait, hold on. You guys are not dumb. So what's going on? Why are you guys not applying yourself? It's literally students didn't want to turn in their assignments. They just, they disconnected and they tuned out. So with us doing this for, this is going on the fourth week. Now we have 48 Fs, right? So we have eliminated from 70 to 48. And That's it literally, amazing. what we did was we set goals for them. Like these students, like I t- they're so hungry. Like they want carrots in front of their face. So what we did is say, okay, you want to do this, right? You want to be a lawyer. You want to be an NFL player, um, NBA. Let's backtrack. How do we get there, right? So Aaron, uh, Cantrell, and Wiki, we all set up um, opportunities where they can backtrack. Say, okay, if I want to get to this level, how do I get there, right? But first we have to start with our tardiness. Why are we tardy to school? Why, you know? And then we actually hear them out, not not quick to judge. We're hearing them out. Okay, so yes, um, Cantrell does a great job because what he does is he found out that students, uh, like three or four students, were missing that bus route because they weren't in that location, so they had to walk, and it was cold, you know. So he saw him one day, um, and they had called him. He went and picked them up, and now he's a bus route now. <laughs> now he's picking kids <laughs> up in the morning. That's great. You know? So he'll grab those kids, and now That's they're amazing. making it on time. So now it's like. People get paid to solve problems. How do we solve problems? And that's what basically what we're trying to do because going from those Fs, we challenged students. What we did was a little one on the board and said, all right, we got 69, 70 Fs. How can we eliminate this? So we would go down the list. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if when we get to 65, we're going to get a red carpet. And this is something that they thought of, right? They was like, we want posters in the room. We want futon, we want all this stuff because it was set up as a classroom. We're like, we don't like this. So how do you guys want the room to look like? So we went from 65 to 60 to 55 to 50. And now they're getting it to where it's like, oh, man, we got to order this stuff quick because we didn't think they would get it that fast. But that's that carrot that's placed in front of them. And we told them that, look, you guys are not done. We, we literally told a student who doesn't have a lot of shoes and you could just tell 
you know, and we said, all right, man, if you get a 3.5 GPA, we'll get you some shoes. Today, that student told us, hey, man, I have a 3.5 GPA. Literally looked up on his device, and we went up there. We were like, oh, man, he's not lying. He's, he's telling the truth. So now we, we promised that. Now we're doing everything we can to go get him some shoes. Yeah. Um, but I got 40 on that. What, yeah. Let's do it. That's what I, I'm talking about. I'm telling you. Hey, 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 yeah. hey. But that's what, and, and hold me to talk that about, too, by the way. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. When we talk about that village aspect, it takes a village yes. uh, to raise a child. That's what it is. You know, Jonathan saying, oh, I got 40 on that. But when we yeah. allow ourselves to become vulnerable and we start learning about what's really, you know, that empathy, you know, what's going on. And yes. that's the reason why when you, when you spoke, and it wasn't you just talking the talk. You were walking the walk. When I went to Prodigy, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And now what it's transpired to now, I mean, God knows where it's going in the future, yes. but yes. it's really awesome. But, you know, I think that, that one thing that people don't understand about kids is that they're very um, receptive. Mm. They can, they're, mm. they're, they're very sensitive. They haven't been, um, like, rounded off. Right. So so things that other people might have had beliefs in have now kind of just been, you know, shrunk down that they just been beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten. And now they don't really have um, as strong beliefs or their faith is level or their, their faith is low or something like that. Right. A lot of kids can understand if you genuinely care about them and you genuinely love them. And especially in your position, they may feel that you love them more than their parents. Mm. They mm. may have more interaction with you than their parents. Mm -hmm. So whenever, you know, yeah. you, you see teachers that are just, um, and I'm not just trying to bash teachers, but I'm just saying, you know, just clocking in, you know, it, it's like, like you literally might have more of an interaction or, or, or more of a bearing on where this kid is going um, than what their parents do. And it's only because you, you don't know if, if like they're neglected or not. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 I, and I've seen and heard that so many times. It's like, oh, well, that's the parent's job. Mm. I agree. But, if the parents aren't there to do it, right. what, what do you do? Them. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, that's your parents' job. Have a good day. You know, so then that means from an outsider standpoint who's not in education, whenever I see two people who are, are in education and saying, you know what, like, I love these kids. Like, I bleed for these kids. I, you know, try for these kids. Like, anything that I have, like, I inconvenience myself for these kids. You know, like. I'm sure that getting up earlier to go pick up kids isn't the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. However, saying, you know what? I got you anyway, to me, just shows even more character. That's the type of thing. And then other kids will say, hey, you know what? If he cares about them enough to, um, you know, go and pick them up, he must care about me too. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's the reason why, yeah, it's like, hey, we're, we're trying to figure out how to come up with, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, I, I, like, I, we know that it's a structure in the system. Um but something I want to ask you, because I know that teachers um, have to follow that system and that structure. And, you know, because, you know, something that I was told is that they get paid through the test scores and, and everything else is going on. You know, if they're passing the tests, then, you know, the teacher's doing well. If they're not, then they get looked at. You know, all of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just a youth mentor. Mm -hmm. But can you speak on that uh, perspective on how PLA is different and just also just how do we break that structure and that system? Um, well, I want to, I want to go to something you were describing the interactions with the students. And, and one of those is, uh, one of the adults picking the students up and, and really determining what are the things that are holding the students back from being at their best. 
and there's and a very you mentioned carrots in front of them, you know, like things that can be incentives for them. Yes. But but I think there's something different going on. Mm. I think every young person has a hunger and a, a thirst. They want to learn. They want to achieve. They want to grow. I mean, we all have that. Mm. It's inherent. And and one thing that I think is so key and is so simple, and that's looking into the eyes of the child and just letting them know you're so important to me. I want to know what you think. Mm. I want to know who you are. I want to know what are your motives? What are you excited about? What are your challenges? If us adults in education or at home, if we could just take more time to to silence all the distractions and give that full attention like that and then just be the best listeners we can be. Like not slip into advice mode, but just reflect back. Here's what I hear you saying to me. You're so important to me. I'm not going to give you any advice because right now I just want to understand you. Then there's a transfer of ownership so here's typically the yeah. students think, you're trying to tell me to always jump through your hoops. You're always lecturing to me. You're always nagging at me. But if we can just listen carefully, they're looking at us thinking, you actually hear me and you understand me. And so then that motivation that, that's already in there can begin to come out because they say, this is my journey. And you recognize that and they can step forward. And it's a simple thing. Yes. But yeah. I, one thing I think that we can change in all of education that is a simple solution is let's take more time to stop telling the children, here's the assignment, here's the objective, you must do this, and here's the deadline, and here's how you're going to do it, and there's one right answer. Instead of taking that approach, really coming alongside the students to ask and inquire, what challenges are you facing right now? I mean, at Prodigy, one of the best things we do is take a little bit of time and take notes and listen reflectively like that, and then when we follow up again later, part of, the, part of that message, line of questions, is how are you doing with learning? How are you doing with relationships? How are you doing with faith? What do you think about God? Mm. And they can be honest. They can say, I don't believe God or whatever they want. But either way, everyone has a worldview perspective. And if they're allowed to at least express what they think, then they're also going to grow in a direction toward truth. That's because awesome. that's something else. We're all seeking truth. That's awesome, yeah. And if, and if you're a non-believer, let's say, I don't believe God, and I can listen to you and I can say, well, tell me what you do think. Mm you're already going to start working some things out in your thinking just because you're expressing it. It's such a huge key, mm -hmm. and it's so simple. Now, you mentioned the idea of teachers being held accountable for student test scores. Mm -hmm. I think that's ludicrous. Yeah, I think it's crazy yeah. because what it's going to do, I mean, if teachers go teach in a certain school where the children have less support in a home environment, <laughs> then those, those test scores are going to reflect that. I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous anyway that the tests that we give to the children is comparing this class of students to the previous class of students. And because if we want to assess people and evaluate people in a way that's effective and makes sense, let's look at this one person's journey and let's see how are they growing and achieving over time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yep. then let's also quit giving them things like A, B, C, D, F. You get a C on something and you think, I don't even know what that means. I guess I'm average. I mean, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what yeah. it is. But, but, or you get an A and you go, I'm all that, but you mm. didn't even work right, hard exactly. because it came easy for you. Right. So these grades, they don't do much to inform the, mm -hmm. the learner or the parents or anybody very much about how that child's actually mm. doing. So I think we need to be way more strategic in terms of giving feedback that's helpful. Here's where you are on your journey of intel academic attainment, but also how are you doing in terms of your relationships? You know, mm -hmm. do you choose your friends? Do they choose you? These are questions we can ask children, and it helps them think through how do you interact, how do you become a people person? Right. And yeah. when you get in front of a person for an interview, mm -hmm. 
Mm. How do you interact in a way that's going to set you up for success? You know, these are all yeah. such important factors, but unfortunately, they're not frequently at the forefront of our conversations for education. Yeah. Well, not everybody also functions on the level of depth that you do either. Um, as, as far as like your, your, your ability to have this understanding and perception of things. So to me, that's the reason why I, whenever I hear what you're saying, I'm like, man, obviously God has put a lot inside of you. And, um, just that, um, j j just the passion as well. You know, I, I think that, that you really do have some, um, you know, almost a supernatural viewpoint from that, you know, and that is developed from God. So, and that, and that was one of the reasons why that I was excited to have somebody like you on the show. And to come and talk to us because because I'm like I'm like to you, th this seems like your 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 train of thought is routine, right? Because you just feel like, well, this is how this that I, I live and breathe, right? right yeah, and, and and I and I'm the same way with a lot of things that I'm very passionate about. I'm like I'm like, dude, just get with the program, you know? Like like what's so hard about that? And and yeah. e even with with my level of understanding when it comes to spiritual things or uh, just so, even even being able to see someone's motives behind something, and not everybody can see that. So that's the reason why I believe that it's so important as a church that we get behind people mm -hmm. like you yeah. and people like, mm -hmm. or not just in the education aspect, but what, like whatever aspect it is like to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe this guy's on to something, you know? So, I mean, have, have you heard something or thought of it on, on that level of depth? No. Okay. So then guess what? You don't need to be the one that's making the, the decisions. You don't need to be the one that's making the choices. Or if you are, these are the type of thoughts that need to be taken into consideration whenever they're making those choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I feel like that a lot of times people get uncomfortable or intimidated by somebody who is, I mean, as passionate about you are as passionate about this as you are as smart as you are about it. But to you, it's like, who cares? You know, it's just what we do. Right. Yeah. All day, every day. Like, like how are you? Yeah. So I, I think that that's very important for, you know, even the people who are, um, you know, watching this and, 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 well, it is to me anyway, to just kind of think about, you know, where they are in their life. What is it that God's telling them to do? What, where are they, yes. you know, as far as being able to push to the next level? Um, you know, what are you very, um, you know, excited? What, what gets you excited? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and, and I feel like as, a, as Christians, a lot of times we think, well, it is the way it is, Yeah. you know? Well, it is the way it is until you just start your own leadership academy, right? Yeah. I have Heaven to on earth. We got to start some. You know, you, you nailed it because uh, since God says, come with me, I'm inviting you to walk with me. And he's the creator of the universe. Like, that's the biggest thing I can <laughs> imagine. It's right. bigger than I can fathom. Do you want to walk with but, LeBron James? No, God sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Witness, baby. <Right. laughs> but but my wife and I were both vested. You know, we had our retirement. We had our health benefits and all that. We're both public school teachers and having a great experience. But we thought God said, quit and come and join me in supporting the children the way I want them Guts. to be supported. And and the first, when we quit, we had three children. We had a house payment. We had car pay. We had all that. And, and I went around talking to Rotary Clubs and Optimist Clubs saying, hey, my wife and I are going to quit our jobs and we're going to start a school. And the first year, we didn't charge any tuition. Yeah, and, we, and, wow. we, and the children that we served, the 19 students we served, many of them were coming from poverty situations. Man. So here we go. And all those business people, and I tell them that we're going to quit our jobs, start a school, we're not charging <laughs> tuition. These people look at me and say, you're just irresponsible. That was exactly what I was going to ask. And, what, and, and their response was not like, fight the good fight. Was It was just like... But, yeah. but, but it's amazing, too, because God brought these people out of the woodworks who became our board of directors mm -hmm. and, and who would step up and say, 
we believe what you're hearing is the same stuff we're hearing from God, and we're here to walk with you. Isn't that's it crazy so awesome. how that works? Because yeah. that's the same thing. <laughs> like a, when we started volunteering, people were like, "Well, y'all gonna quit y'all jobs?" Like my mom, like, "Ah, oh, you want to leave CMO? It's so comfortable, you know, yeah. benefits and all that stuff." And now we started this, and that's it. Let's go. Like, hey, That's we're going to help you. We're right behind you. <laughs> yeah. And now all these donors and all this stuff. But it, yeah. I think it takes that yeah. for you as a leader, pioneer, you know, um, to be able to step out of that comfort zone, earth shaker, whatever it is, right? Even yeah. us, right? Doing what we do now. Um, and that's the reason why I believe that God is using Cape Girardeau, Missouri, because yes. this this place where people, oh, I wanted to run away hey, so many times. This dude really and believes, neglected. and for those of you who don't know, <laughs> this dude thinks that there is going to be an eruption yes, of, from, of just divine power, and it's coming from out of here. This yes, is going to be the episode. Right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it's just a great opportunity. And every everywhere I go and the people that I've met so far, you know, we probably built the relationship, what, five, six years ago? Uh, Danny Reese, uh, Michael Litz, yep. and all these guys, we're now just coming together and working with the different generations because that's how it works. Yes. The older reaching out to the younger and yes. the younger reaching up to the older. And yes. there's been that gap where it's it's been like, oh, well, you know, I don't think these these kids, you know, these African-American kids, you know, will care what I would say. And which I saw that as false because I reached out to many mentors Bob Ward being one of them, Danny Reese, you know, talking to you. Um, and you guys want to reach out, but the thing is that the students don't know how to. Uh, the younger generation, they don't know how to. So that's what we're teaching them now. And once we get that that link, you know, Wiki has a um, said, hey, let's go meet Dr. Hayward, African-American neuroscientist or neurosurgeon guy, and he's just above my pay grade. But yeah. um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a guy that we're going on a trip tomorrow um, from Wiki reaching out to him, and now – Students get to see that, you know, and they probably didn't even think that there was a neurosurgeon that was African-American here in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Yes. You know, guys like you and what you're doing with PLA is just is awesome. But you've literally answered every question. Um, what I want to ask you is like, what's the future for PLA? Oh, like, yeah. what, what does that look like? I would say the, the big goal, the audacious goal is let's change education in the United mm. States. And, and how do we do that? Well, we have schools where... All the children know they're loved, right? They all know that because they have a support network surrounding them to pay attention to them. Yeah. That is the village. And let's also have learning that fits the child. Mm. And let's also have learning that actually empowers the family. I mean, we need to strengthen families. If yeah. families keep on breaking apart like they are, then, you know, that that's the fabric of society. And if we lose that, we're in some trouble. So, you yeah. know, supporting the family is key. And at Prodigy, we have open door, like parents come in, they help us, they make the learning better for the students. We'll have a parent who's an engineer, he'll come in, build a pulley system to show the children how that works. It's awesome. Uh, have another person who came in uh, who's a physician. That per We accessed a bovine <laughs> brain, we brought the bovine brain in, that physician, I don't know how to do wow. a brain anatomy <laughs> you know, dissection, Man. but the physician shows the students how to do it. And you just mentioned another key, and that is giving the students exposure and access to, let's have the community be the classroom. So we take I the students that. out, they meet people, they see what are they doing, why are they doing it? And then they're learning what, what matches their talents, yeah. you know, what they're passionate about. And also when they meet people who do great things with expert skill, that's very inspiring. Yeah. And then if we have learning that is project-based, 
then it's not like the students are just doing this hour segment, hour segment, and they do the assignment and it's done and you get a C and it's finished. They're not doing that. When you do a project, the end goal is excellence. Mm. And the whole time you're working toward it, you're integrating all the subjects and it looks like real life. And you're always revising, you're always improving. So you're learning skills like critical thinking mm. and creativity and you're learning how to collaborate and work together and you're being a, a great communicator. You know, so we, we have the skill emphasis. So where's Prodigy going? I would say this. When my wife and I believe God was leading us to quit our jobs and just trust him, and to me it seemed like a big leap of faith. Yeah. But the bigger leap I think now is if somebody's hearing God, you know, prompt them to do something, man, the, the bigger leap is to miss God's call. I mean, if a person misses what God's calling them to do, we get this one life. Yeah. And if a person misses what God's calling them to do, I mean, you don't want to give that up. That's where the adventure lies, and that's where you get to see miracles. See, it, it's funny yeah. that you say that because whenever I first rededicated my life, um, initially I was kind of like, well, not, prior to rededicating my life, I should say, I was always afraid of what God was going to take from me. Oh, you know, I'm man. like, God, I'm, I'm like, God, you know what? Yeah, I want this. Like, I like this. This is me. You're going to take that away from me. And now the reason why that I sacrifice to do the things that I do is because I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. Yeah. And so that was something that really, um, from like that mindset change is what changed like literally my whole life. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I went from, you know, running from God to, all right, what, what do you have? Running toward you, you know, him. Yeah, yeah, I know, like full speed, like, you know, going on a mission trip for a week and staying there for two and a half months. Yes. Um, you know, and then the next year planning to be there for two months, you know, and it's like that that's not – people are like, oh, that's a vacation. It's like, yeah, go two months without money. See <laughs> 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 so what kind of vacation. Right, right, right yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then come back and then try to catch up, you know. I mean, mm. now, of course, you know, people did, you know, tr help, help me somewhat, but still as far as the burden, it was still there. Um, and so that's something that I feel like that a lot of people um, are held back by is, is, that, is that thought. So my question for you would be, well, actually I have two. One, <laughs> whose idea was it initially between you or your wife? And then what was that discussion like? Because, because, <laughs> we because could be a fly in that room. Okay, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, right? But, uh -huh. here, but here's my thing. I told you, I'm always curious about that step, that, that just nitty-gritty down to the bone. You know, how was that like? Remember, yeah. your, your wife is, is watching. Well, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Let me just say this. I can't imagine a more championship kind of wife mm -hmm. who, who would take a leap of faith like that with a, a husband, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a seed that God planted in me like seven years ago, you know, seven years prior to quitting, let's say. We've actually been going for nine years, so let's yeah. go back further. But but seven years uh, prior to quitting, God had planted the seeds for it and then just started nurturing, growing those. So I shared with my wife at that point, I think this is the final year. I think this is it. I think God wants us to do this, or me. And then we were thinking, how about you keep working here, and then that's our support system. Yeah, you know what I mean? Net. Yeah, safety net. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we thought about that and then both of us were thinking, but maybe God wants, so if you, if you have a spouse or a partner, or even a friendship network, that when you guys are facing a situation that seems like, I think this is God, but it seems crazy, you know, people that'll say, look, I'm praying with you on it. I just want you to hear God. And if you're hearing him, 
then then jump like mm-hmm. make it happen so that's the kind of situation we had but my wife wanted to keep her job right and and I said okay well I want you to keep your job I don't want you to quit if this is not God's plan that we both do it because that might actually be the safe thing <laughs> and and then she she was taking a nap and she was praying we're both praying into it she's taking a nap one day and she had a a vision and in this vision she said it was like the Lord's face. I don't know how she described it, but like the Lord was right there beside her and he was looking at her and he was beaming. He was like, so she said he was so thrilled with her. He was so proud of her. And in her spirit, she knew that he was looking at her that way because she had taken a step to, to start this school. Like it all just came clear in that moment. And so when she got up from that little nap, she came to me and she said, I'm supposed to quit with you. Wow. And I went, no. No, you need to hear. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't say no. Uh, I was like, oh man, now he backtracked. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I was just testing. No, no, no. So both of us, you know, here's the deal. I think all of us humans, this whole human life experience yeah. is full of fear points. Yeah. I mean, we all have these situations, things that we're afraid of. What we don't know the future. We can't control that stuff. And and I think the deal there is the fact that we just you know keep surrendered like god we just want to hear you're the one who invented communication so make it clear to us yeah and he he does and marry the right person and also yeah give me the right person that's a (laughs) big deal yeah because because like like those type of thoughts you know in in my mind even with my girlfriend and you know we've obviously talking about marriage we've been together for a while and it's like yeah i know that she's down Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and and to me, it, it's like that. That's very important because some of the things that I feel like that, like for instance, if if I got a call that said, "Hey, um, I feel like that you should go to South Africa, wherever it doesn't matter," and I'd be like, "All right, let me pray on it," and I prayed on it, I'd be out tomorrow mm-hmm. if, if I felt like God was saying go. Yeah, My, you just oh, jump, you'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, literally, like whatever, whenever. So I know. That for me, I needed a girl, and if I didn't find that one, that if it's like, well, what what do you think about missions? Well, as a lifestyle, as just in general, and then it's like, well, as a lifestyle also, you know, because that's something I'm very passionate about. Because like I said, if I get that call, I'm out. Yeah. So if you are with me, good. If not, let's just cut this off yeah, now. Because yeah, yeah. if I feel like God's calling me, I'm out. You know, so so that so that was the reason why that I was I, w- I was interested also in getting that you know glimpse from you, is is, is because you know so often people are, um, I'm not gonna say hindered by, but allow themselves to be hindered by maybe even a spouse, and it's like e- e- even the choice of who you, you know, commit to. It's a big deal. I mean, yeah. I was terrified of marriage. I was so scared because, I, well, I had been way. around so many situations yeah. that it just didn't look good. Yeah. And, and I Oof, thought, how can man. a person commit to something for life? Anyway, yeah. that's just crazy. <laughs> but but again, yeah. e- even in that, there, there was a point in our relationship when we were, you know, just just dating or something that, that I started to question and wonder, and I kind of backed out, and I was really asking God, is this what you want? And then here's here's the genius of God. I kept saying, God, would you just let me know, make it clear to me, because if it's your plan, your will, then I can just do it. I'll just trust you. But I kept praying, month, praying, you know, over this time. And finally, I thought he dropped into my mind. I'm saying, Lord, is she the one you want for me? And he finally says, do you want her? Mm. And I thought that was so genius, because then I had to really look and say, 
yeah, I'm I'm not going to blame God five years into this when right. things are hard. And, and I'm not going to, you know, try to twist this around and think God manipulated me to do this. For a father who loves his son to say, do you want her? And for me to look at her, and I was captivated, and I said, yeah, I, I do. I mean, she's yeah. amazing. I mean, that's... It's it's an incredible thing. But again, in every situation, this whole journey of life, we're gonna be like having times we're getting hurt, we're getting yeah. we're getting run over. And every time we get hurt, I think it's an invitation from Jesus to be more identified with him. Mm. Because who is he? He was the son of suffering. Yeah. And you know, every time we feel a little bit of pain, it's just a, like, yeah, it's a yeah. slight thing. Like, I'm good. Yeah. But but it's him saying, Now you understand a little bit more about how intense my love is for you. Mm-hmm. Because I endured that and then way more for you. Yeah, my uh, favorite Bible verse, well, I have several, but the the one that I've always, you know, it's funny because whenever I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, in junior high and high school, I, I was a Christian. Yes. And then I left. Yeah. But John 15, 13 has stuck with me even whenever I was not a Christian. You know, there's no greater love than that of a friend who laid down his life for another. Yes. Um, and that was how, man, I, I've had some rough um, you know, situations that I got, like even even physically, you know, to where I got the bad end of the stick because of one of my friends, right? Mm. Like, but that was my that was my boy, right? Mm. But whenever I rededicated my life, it intensified my understanding of that verse because it says that there's no greater love than a friend who laid down his life for another, right? That's as great of human love as we can experience. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus died for those that hate him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I was one of those. Yeah, yeah. you know same what? Here. And same mm, here. Same like, here. I, I, I literally had times where I met with pastors, and they'd be like, "How are you? Well, I'm great. How's your salvation? Well, if I were to die right now, I'd go to hell. You tell mm. me." And like, just straight up, like out of my. And now, mm. thinking, what the heck was wrong with you, John? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, like yeah. but I also have seen where where I feel like that that God shielded me from a lot, you know, even in that. And I thought, man, I'm just the yeah. slickest, coolest thing, whatever. And God's like, no, I actually just have a purpose for you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so that's the reason why, you know, that it's very important for me to try to um, always keep that in perspective. Um, and and what we are starting to get kind of short on time. Uh, I, I know I didn't want to take up much more of an hour of your time, but I do have a question. Another question for you. Okay. <laughs> so, and I know that we said that we wouldn't bring up Bible verses or anything like that, but let me ask you this. What is, or is there a, um, a life verse or a mission statement from you personally? Do you have one of those? Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a verse directly, Okay, but, but it's something that I think that the Lord planted into my spirit mm-hmm. and, okay. and would like for us who know him and love him and receive his love. He wants us to live this way. The thing he says to me was, uh, Russell, you've known me. And you mentioned this earlier and it totally stuck with me. He said, you've known me as the God of the possible. Because what's that mean? It means basically I look at things and I think, yeah, it's like a big deal, but I think with God's help, we can do it. (laughs) But but it's still, it's still like achievable. Right. But then the thing he said is, but I am the God of the impossible. Mm. And then what this does for me is it makes me think anytime somebody comes along and says, oh, you can't do that. That's too much. Then I just get excited. Yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking, oh, I think that might be right where, the, where God's hanging out. Yeah. I think he's right there. <laughs> and I also believe this. He hangs out in relationship. He, and in this day and age when we all have so many things trying to take our attention, you know, virtual things, right? Yeah. 
I think he's inviting us to, to keep our humanity that he designed us to have. And that's to make sure we're just looking into the eyes of the person who's closest to us and letting that person know you are more important to me than I can, you know, fathom. Yeah. And like with the children, with the children, it's a treasure hunt. Yeah. You know, the more I try to get to know these children and understand who they are, the more I keep discovering treasures inside of them. And I just, as a teacher, I get to like take that treasure and go, look at you, look at this talent that's inside of you. And the child's looking at me like, Oh, that I can. That's me. Yeah. And I'm going. That's just the beginning. Like God packed you so full of stuff, you can spend your whole life uncovering that treasure. Yeah. Like that's, man, that's a good life. And and something that, just from this conversation with you, mm-hmm. something that I've, that I'm already growing to respect is this. Quaker asked the question, "Where do you see, or what do you see PLA doing?" Right. You didn't say huge academy. You didn't say stadium. You didn't say columns. You didn't say none of that, right? Man, I know him already. So hey, I, know well, I, I know what, but but but, but so, so my point in that is, a lot of times when our people have a vision, mm. the vision is like, okay, right here's the vision, and everything that I'm going to talk about is right here, circle around it, and and, and and it's only what we're doing. So it's, well, yeah, we, we want you know, 200,000 listeners. We, 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 we want 5,000 views. You know, we, we want, you know, all this stuff. And when, whenever I hear you talking about changing the education, changing children's lives, changing the way that people view education, yes, it's like PLA is um, really kind of a model that people can look to and see. But you're not saying, well, I'm going to put a PLA in every single state. Right. You know, it, it's no, we're, we're going to set the, the framework. <clears throat> you guys view it, you guys see, and then you execute it. And together, we will change the education system. That's it. And honestly, to me, that right there, in and of itself, I'm, I'm game. Like, literally, what, whatever you need. Yeah. And you, you, you know, and you, you can ask people who know me. Like, I'm at, well, ask him. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely loyal. Mm-hmm. but to only a select few because I believe that there's only a few people that you can really bond with on such a deep level. So I just want you to know that I genuinely respect everything that you're doing, and I'm pumped to see not just what happens with PLA, but what you're able to inspire because I believe that whenever your dream at the end is impossible, like you said, well, God is more than likely in it because mm-hmm. if you have something that's achievable by yourself, <laughs> yeah. more than likely God, like you, you might have eighty percent of it, mm-hmm. but you actually aren't aren't giving it or or, or doing the whole thing. Yes. Because 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 to me it's like if God only puts because and I've heard this from people like oh well God put this in my heart God put this in my heart God put this in my heart okay can you do all those yeah by yourself yeah that's not then God yeah. then you don't need God yeah right, <laughs> what do you right, need right. God for right. Yeah. No, exactly. So that's so that's whenever I see like even honorable young men's club, even with yeah, like like everything that Quake is doing, everything that you guys are doing. Yeah. And and the best part is I get to sit here and just soak up and learn and speak and talk and just listen to guys like you. And that's the reason why that I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I honestly just want you to know that, you know, you make this enjoyable for us. Like you are an earth shaker to me. Thank you. Yeah. Like genuinely. Absolutely. And you speak with passion, man. It just, I I don't know. It just reminds me of that day when you came to the school and 
I was just riled up. Said, man, I don't know something about this guy that just gets me fired up. And you're just passionate about what you do. And, you know, you can tell that God is, is just seared it all over you because it's, it's important to have that, you know. And yeah. I don't know. A lot of people, they just going, yeah, I don't know, you know. But God, but you, you're like, this is what's going to happen because God has shown me. Yeah. And this is the vision. And we're running with it. And I'm like, let's go. And you're just an awesome leader. So thank you. Just want to congratulate you and everything that you guys are doing, um, you and your wife. And just thank you guys for the support. Um, and we're here to support you as well, too. Like Jonathan said, it's like we're game, you know. So anything that you need from us, let us know. Thank you. Let us know. Thank you. Well, your Quaker, your work with the students and how you've stepped into that role and how you guys are changing those lives. I mean, to me, again, if there, there are people right now arguing about gun control mm. or, or whatever they're debating, but if they would take the same amount of time that they're putting in that direction and just focus it on a child yeah. and just make a commitment, I'm going to pray for this kid every day. And also, every time I'm around this child, I'm going to let them know you're important to me. Mm. You're here for a reason. You have a mission. And you're doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, you and guys are walking it out. Yeah, it's not just me. You know, big ups to, uh, and shout out to Aaron, yep. uh, Cantrell, uh, Wiki, yeah. because it's, it's about... It's teamwork. Rela- yeah, teamwork and relationships, like you said. Yeah. God, God is in those relationships. And yeah. when you find the select few, like Jonathan was saying, yeah. you, you build that bond. It's, it's like, easy, right? Let's, yeah. let's, it's, let's it's just make natural. something happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're right. You're right. It's, it's the impossible. We never thought it would transpire to this. Yeah. We weren't looking to, we just said, all right, yeah. how can we volunteer one day a week yeah. for an hour where we were ditching work, you know, hopefully... Dr. Vargas is not working. <laughs> um, we were leaving work so that we can do this, and now it's just transpired to this. But yeah. well, I just want to thank you. Man. I'm amazed by you. Yeah, you, you just, you. you're awesome. Thank well, you. and, awesome. and then also like like with the kids though, no they they might have thought that it was impossible that anybody would ever take the time to spend on mm. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's like it's like no one really cares. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh wait a second. You know, people really do care. So that's the reason why you know when again whenever I see stuff like this going on, I'm just like, hey. Well, well, hey, well, like, I because because I believe that activity is important. That 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 God didn't call us to just hear a good message on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then keep it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, God didn't call us to just give ten percent to the church and then keep our time to ourselves. Um, and and I feel like a lot of times people have that mentality like well god i mean well, what else do you want from me i i, I gave you my dollars yeah. i gave you my hour on sunday you know what else is there and he's like well i gave you my whole life <laughs> yeah like, like well like what do you mean you know and, and so again whenever i see people who are just really pushing that envelope mm-hmm. you know and mo- because dude bro Mr. Sorry. He gets in his bro and dude. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like, am I a dude? You know, that takes guts. I mean, it, re- it really genuinely does. And, and, and I hear all the time people, again, you know, not, not to, you know, keep talking to circles, but they're just talking about you have to have faith. You have to have faith. You have to have faith. Well, w- whenever you have everything, it doesn't take much faith. Right, I mean, as as a matter of fact, when when whenever you look at Job, that that was like one of the things that was questioned. Like, yeah, it's really easy to have faith right now, mm-hmm. but you, in the face of I'm going to quit my job, I, I could only imagine the the thought process. And, and, and good for your wife, mm-hmm. because the, wow. because for that not to be like a major blow to even entertain that, yeah, 
you you know that you wound up with somebody special yeah. because eighty five percent of all of everybody would be like, "You're nuts." Yeah, like that's crazy. You want to do what? And then you want to do it for free? What are we gonna like? Yeah, right. like, like yeah, I understand <laughs> that, awesome. that, that like you you enjoy teaching kids and everything, but I mean that doesn't pay the electric bill. Mm. You know, so I mean, I I, I just want to commend you guys once again and just yeah. say, man, I'm. I'm pumped for you. Uh, you. You just sitting here for an hour has really blessed me and inspired me. So I just really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And and in a day that we see so much bad news always blasting our screens, yeah. to have a situation that you know you're being called to go out and find the good things happening in the community and you know around you and then emphasize those good things. That's the right track. Man, I, I appreciate that because that has not been my life. <laughs> it, it's just been where God has, you know, been leading me. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, I used to think that, you know, I don't, I don't care about people. Like, people don't matter, yada, yada, yada. And I would just pretty much just tear people down. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that, you know, I'm doing the exact opposite of what God had called me to do now. Like, actually, one of, this dude told me that I have um, a spiritual gifting of, you know, exhortation. I had, I had to go and look that up because I didn't think that I, I knew what the definition of it was. <laughs> and the reason why is because I was like, that's not me. Mm. And then I went and looked it up, and I was like, you know what? That actually is the definition. And then I started, I'm like, dude, mm. m- maybe together, especially, like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but yeah. it, it did not, and that, that did not register at first. Mm. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate isn't that. Isn't it amazing? The very things we think about ourselves that this is not yeah. me. It's so often the very thing that God's saying, oh, that's you. Right. And and the deal is, I think that when you have a calling in this life, I mean, there are demonic things around, you know, there's spiritual things happening. Yeah. And sometimes the very thing that's the biggest attack to try to clam us up or keep us from doing that thing, we accept it as our identity mm. when in fact it's the very opposite of what God is calling us into. And I think that's why he says God is strong in our weakness. Yeah. You know, if I'm weak at something and God then steps in there and takes the forefront... Mm. That's where the impossible business is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a Ooh, good thing. It's a good journey. Hey, I know. It's, it's like, golly, all right, let's uh, break out the Bible yeah. and go for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've been talking that long, but man, that's yeah. just that's awesome. You got wow. anything else? Man, that's he he, he killed hey, everything. If, if <laughs> I could, I, I do want, if any, yes. I, I want to invite people to come to Prodigy. Okay. Because yeah, I, I think absolutely. we can talk about it. I mean, man, I could say so much more, but of course, there, there are always stories. But, but as I'm talking, I just keep picturing kids. I just keep seeing students in front of me, and I keep thinking, these kids are so amazing. People need to keep, come and see what they're doing and how they're doing things. And the, the Prodigy program, you know, when we give students a standardized assessment, because we don't discount it all together, but our students show two years of growth in one year of time. Wow. You know, like, think of how much that means. Yeah. You go twice as fast. Yeah. Because learning fits the child. Mm-hmm. Or, or if a kid's behind, they're caught up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so the the children, and that makes sense. If learning fits the child, of course they're going to go faster, right, right. and they're going to retain more. They're <laughs> right. going to get more out of it. So, I just want people to come and see the place in action. That, that's my yeah. hope. And also, I want to do more collaborating because the more us educational people can get together and say, "Hey, what are you doing that's working?" Right. And let's learn from each other and let's walk together through this. The better it's going to be. Let's do it. All right. 
Let's do it. Let's so, are, you, are we going to leave his info? Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we actually are going to um, have a slide of their social media. I, I looked up your YouTube okay. channel as well as okay. your Facebook. So, yeah. you guys definitely be sure to check out. It's called Prodigy Leadership Academy, and that is here in Cape Girardeau. Uh, he invited Stope. you to come. You should take him up on it. I'm going to take him up on it. I'm going to come down soon. Uh, we will yep. schedule a day and uh, figure out what's going on. Anything else? All right, well. Yeah, speechless. Hey, again. <laughs> well, until next time, I'm Jonathan Cunningham. And my name is Kwaku Arkafo. And I'm Russell Graham. <laughs> All right, and awesome. we are super excited that you guys have been with us and also that he took the time, you know, to even be with us. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we're out of here.